word of the day. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Today's words of the day, the first one unofficially brought to us by UrbanDictionary.com. You've heard of booty calls. How about a foodie call? A person who goes out on dates with the sole purpose of getting a free dinner. Foodie call. Or a meal ticket, I guess would be a synonym there. Our other word of the day, blarney. Deceptive or misleading talk. Nonsense or hooey. So blarney. Foodie call and blarney. Those are the words of today. After a quick, what is this, two weeks? A two-week hiatus. We're back. And ESPN did some stupid poll. Jordan Doc's been going on. I'm fascinated by the Jordan Doc, honestly. Big fan, big fan. And I think it was time, with golf coming back, it was time to address just some questions that I had about golf. Maybe that everybody has about golf. I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go. But you ready? Born ready. Let's get it on. Welcome to the Cohort Sports Report, Gas Bags with Fun Facts, a podcast by Regular Joes for Regular Joes, sponsorship free because nobody wants to pay the sponsorship fee. My name is Jeff Woodworth and I'm joined by my friend and co-host in that order, Casey Hackett. Hello, hello. How's it going, Case? If I was any better, I'd be you. Uh, right. I've heard that at the bar plenty of times. Um, to, I think you've actually said that to a bartender twice, like you were so, you were so done when you went back up to the bartender. And they said, hey, how's it going? You've, you've used that line, recycled it. Sometimes people don't even ask that question, and you just tell them it. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue now. All right. It's more yeah. of a reaction. I like it. Uh, Casey and I used to work together. Gee, what year was that back at Benedetti's in Sebastopol? 2011? No, 13? I graduated high school then. No, you get out of here. 13? 20... 2015? 15, maybe? Uh, yeah, actually, no, I think 2015, 2016, around there. So, and that's where not only did we become friends, but also discovered your love of golf, your obsession with golf. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later. Uh, You are a New England Patriots fan. Big one. So, you know, sometimes some kids get dropped on their head as a child. Others get neglected. Some turn out as New England Patriot fans. Nothing we can really do about it. But, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that, too. You've been watching the Jordan doc off of my ESPN subscription, so you're welcome. Thank you for writing, that. Big writing, fan, by the way. Writing my coattails. All right, so <laughs> we normally do this thing, Alpha, Beta, Zeta. It's been a while. Flan normally does it. He's out. It's totally cool. So first one, Alpha, Leroy Jenkins. That was a be- That's a good impersonation. That was the best one I've done so far today. It is the 15th anniversary of that video. And that was the World of Warcraft video. Like I never, I was never big into World of Warcraft, but that video, like Hall of Fame, goat status on YouTube. It's amazing, dude. Did you? I went back and rewatched it today. Have you watched it? 
recently or do you remember it at all? A little bit. I okay. want to know though, how many views does that have now? That's a good question. I'll, I'll Google it right now. Actually, we'll just go on the That's got to be the YouTube. Of a million. Uh, I don't know if it's a billion. It's got to be close. All right. Let's see. Leroy Jenkins. Still, still, the, still the first thing that pops up. 15 million views. That's it. Well, this is the one from five years ago, so it's been around for 15, so you'd have to find the original OG the original clip. Effect. I don't know if it's on there. Yeah, Leroy Jenkins. Oh, original. Okay, here we go. Original video. No, yeah, nothing's popping up here on YouTube. I got one from seven years ago. I got a 10-year anniversary from five years ago. Yeah, nope, nothing's popping up. That one, the one from seven years ago only has 59,000 views. So that's a good, how many, how many YouTube views? I'll just enter on Google. What were you going to say? I, it's got to be somewhere in the hundreds of millions. Leroy Jenkins video have. Uh, 43 million YouTube hits later. Nope, that was from 10, 10 years ago. So whatever, I guess you could say 43 divided by 2, which would be 21 20, and a half. Yeah, good. We're mathematicians <laughs> now. So then add 21 and a half to 43, which then becomes 64 and a half, maybe. That's probably what we could bank it on. Like, I think that's good, you know, like, but... Oh man, what a th what a! Show. I was explaining it to somebody today at work who, who had never seen it, a poor soul, and you know, just essentially, it's just about imagine doing what we do now with online video games, on an on a computer with like twenty other people because I think that's how many were on there roughly having being at a section of the game where you need everybody to orchestrate everything that they're de delegating out perfectly at this in this sequence, and then to have just one guy just be like. No, nope, we're going boom, full send. You know, like Leroy Jenkins is full send. OG, you know, OG full send. Go for it. So for 15 years, uh, congrats, Leroy Jenkins, uh, for the beta. So, <coughs> excuse me. What's what's obviously beta? Murder Hornets. All right. I bit into the hype at first. Are you scared of the Murder Hornet? Uh, up close and personal, absolutely, 100. percent Really? Uh, Why? Do you want a bug zapper? No. Do you want bug spray? I've been looking at the bug assault since I've seen those. No, things. get out of here with the salt gun. The boom, boom, the shotgun, oh, yeah. the salt shotgun. Oh, yeah. I don't think that works because you have to have dead eye accuracy. And what is it? It's shooting a wad of salt at it. I really don't think that's going to incapacitate that. I think I would rather just run some bolts through its two-inch body. You know, just let's go, you know, get it going. Fair enough. Fair Serve enough. up some fried murder hornet. I also watched a video of a praying mantis eat one's Ooh. face off. You shared that on Twitter. Yes. Nuts. It's not scary anymore, dude. The, the murder hornets are not scary. I stay with the bug zappers. I stay with the bug spray. Come try me. Come try. I'm going to keep mocking the murder hornets until they show up and actually do some damage. People are like, oh, you know, the difference with the hornet is the hornet can sting you over and over. The hornet can sting you and bite you over and over and it won't die. It's like, okay. Like, I don't think it really wants to invite that upon itself. Like, I think the, the stinging of a hornet is like the last desperation did you see the video of uh, what's his name, Coyote? Um, no, no. Oh, that dude's insane, though. I've he, seen him do worse. He had it sting it on the arm. Yeah. Instantly drops it. Just not fun. I think he embellishes some yeah. stuff. Honestly, uh, I think just there's saying. just a little bit of embellishment. You better hit him with the bugs out before instantly. He <laughs> instantly happening. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's it, come through. Come through. Not only the off. But the the raid, the other concoction. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a bug spray cocktail aroma around me, 
come close, he'll probably just die. It'd be like trying to land on another planet, right? That The atmospheric pressure of my body would just be too much for him with all that. And then the bug zapper coming in after he's drunk, he's basically flying in on me drunk with all the chemicals I got spewing off me. And boom, easy pickings. I dare these murder hornets. I'm not scared anymore. Hashtag not scared. So, beta, murder hornets. And then Z, the Zeta, the weirdest thing. These LA Rams uniforms. I don't know what to think about them. They changed up the logo. The Ram horn. Not a fan. Not a fan of the logo. The Ram. You want to start with. You want to start with the logo. The not logos that they came up with. You just don't like the fact that there's a Ram horn in the middle of the of the the LA. I just. I'm not. A, I think it's too simple. Up. It's too simplifies. It's too too simple is what he's saying. So it's too simple. I look at the original logo and there was nothing wrong the one that doesn't look bad is the ram head anytime you have the ram head in there it's cool the one that has the la in there too just but when it just says la and it has the ram horn that doesn't look that cool they took the ram horn and they broke it up and they did that on the helmet as well the numbers look kind of childish dude they like it like a, it looks like a news logo to me somebody tweeted <laughs> somebody tweeted out that the that the the it really does, yeah. Like, good morning, L.A. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Channel 7 L.A. News. <laughs> this is what happened while you were asleep. Yeah, and it's just... <laughs> but, I, but I look at at um, at um their jerseys. The numbers look a little ridiculous. I saw somebody on Twitter said, this looks like a type of jersey you'd have if you relocate a franchise in Madden. And it's, like, pretty funny because, I mean, it does. Like, I, I like the color scheme. The off-white is cool. The, the color choice, what they're doing with the helmet, I don't understand, you know, at least as far as it, how it pops. And then you go with the numbers. They look like Pro Bowl numbers. They no, look No white numbers. They don't have any white numbers? No white numbers. What's on the blue one? Is that a yellow? It's yellow faded to white, like kind of like well, the Pro Bowl. That's, yeah, yeah, so it's... they have the Pro Bowl font and the, and the Pro Bowl coloring. It's a little weird. It's a li- I mean, you know, but hey, then again, not my favorite team, so I'm not tripping off of cheering for them. I just don't know what was wrong with the home jersey that they had. They just had to switch up. If they wanted, I think what it would have been hella dope for them, they should have kept the white ram horn jerseys. They should have just gotten rid of the 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 gold, like the different color gold on their away jerseys that looked like yeah. it was they still had their ties to St. Louis. Like they should have fully committed to the blue and yellow home jerseys and then the blue and white road jerseys for the whole uh, bringing back to LA thing. But it's whatever. Um, it's not my franchise, so don't care. Whatever. All right, now it is time for Tim Brown's stat of the day. The Atlanta Falcons drafted John Wayne, actor John Wayne, in the 17th round of the 1972 NFL draft. He was 64 years old at the time, but they wanted to symbolize that they valued men who were tough. The league vetoed the pick. So, shout out. You're allowed to laugh. It's okay. It's absolutely absurd. That was a real stat. That's a real real stat. That is a real factoid, too, that goes along with that. The 17th round of the 1972 NFL draft, 64-year-old John Wayne was drafted by the Falcons because they wanted to symbolize that that they liked men who were tough. Wrong, wrong characteristic to be focusing on there if I'm the Falcons. Uh, I don't care if it's 72... Or it's going to be 2022, you know, you're 0 for 2 in the Super Bowl. So maybe focus about, you know, words like clutch, you know, not tough. That wouldn't be my number one, but. I'm drafting a water boy before I'm drafting John Wayne. (laughs) Bobby Boucher, come over here. You Uh, got your ladle. Come over here, son. Uh, 
That's ridiculous. What a stupid what a stupid idea. Whoever was whoever was the GM that wasted that obviously I don't know if seventeenth round picks were at a premium back in nineteen seventy two, but whoever your GM was that decided that at the seventeenth pick or seventeenth round pick, I hope he got fired. I hope he got fired because he wasted a draft pick. You wasted a draft pick on John Wayne because the league went on to vote, veto it. So I don't know why I care. This is over what? This is damn near over fifty years old. No, not really. But like forty, I think. Back to us being mathematicians. <laughs> damn. Yeah, it's over forty. I'm cleared. We're good. Twenty twelve would have been forty years. So that forty is almost fifty. Almost fifty. There we go. All right, so we got some stuff to talk about here, sir. The Jordan documentary. What are your thoughts so far? They've released up through episode 8. We have 9 and 10 left. What are your main takeaways with anything that you've seen in the Jordan documentary? I would have loved to have been part of that team uh, as far as the dream team. Can you oh, imagine those practices? Well, yeah. Come on. All of those legends yes running it at each other throughout the scrimmages i think the only person that they you could argue there that that didn't belong there was christian leitner and that was just solely solely based off the fact that they picked a token college player you know because i don't know who else they would have put it i mean that's where you could argue that they could have taken isaiah but again it's weird watching that dynamic too like how isaiah the the tale around him is oh yeah jordan kept him off the dream team it's like Actually, like, and it's funny because Jordan had his had his hands all over this. So it's one thing to remember that everything we're gonna we're gonna see all the greatness of Michael Jordan. We're gonna see just how great he was, but we also need to to pay attention to when he does open up the the side and he does let you in on the weakness. Just how far down that hole we're going, and then what angle we're going into, because he's always gonna have the final say on how he could have this kind of worded. You know, just because we talk about. His gambling problem doesn't mean that he's not going to have the last say on what's said about it, right? Gambling hobby. Yeah, that's true. Hobby. Yeah, because he can stop whenever he wants. <laughs> no, he can't. He's a competitionaholic. I don't think he got suspended because of his gambling problem. I didn't agree with that, no. That's horse. That's horse, horse hockey. Wasn't a fan of that. But I think you you listen to going back to the Dream Team thing. Isaiah went after Larry. Isaiah went after Magic. Isaiah went after. There was somebody else on the. Uh, well, Scotty obviously didn't like him either. So you know, it wasn't that was that was the price that Isaiah paid for buying in. And I don't, I don't, I don't fault him for it because you want to buy into to a team that won two championships. But that's the fault, or that's the problem with him buying into that identity that the bad boy Pistons had is that you weren't going to get along with guys on the on the court or off the court because they didn't want to. They didn't like you. They didn't like the style of basketball that, that you played. You know. So I think the only person that really made that uh, that so apparent, at least the transfer, would be Dennis Rodman switching over from Bad Boy Piston to all of a sudden everybody loves him now. You know, to where I mean the Bad Boy Pistons are still revered, but I feel like they're mostly loved if they're in Detroit, right? How about Dennis Rodman taking his little break no, in the vacation? Vegas? You can't tell me Dennis Rodman wasn't a good basketball player. Michael Jordan, of all people, left practice to go to Vegas to pull it wasn't, him out. No, no, no. It wasn't Vegas. That was the thing that was mistake. That was the thing that was misleading about the documentary is that he did the 48 hours in Vegas like he promised Mike and, and the team. And then he came back to Chicago and he was living with Carmen Electra across the street from the gym, from the, from the gym and, and the practice center where they would, you know. And that's where Mike left practice. And so Mike left to go 
across the street because it had been what ninety six hours. So he's he'd basically yeah. there for another. Yeah, he spent an extra two days just by himself or by with him and Carmen just in his, his in his apartment. Yeah. So Mike went up there and grabbed his ass and brought him back. He said he grabbed him by the nose ring and dragged him to practice, and then you saw him in his PJs. That was wild. What I didn't like was the disrespect on Gary Payton. Ooh. The most recent disrespect. Yeah, I had no problems with the glove. Hopefully he meant as a person because last time I checked. Y'all were up 3-0 in that series, and then George Carl finally said, hmm, I should put Gary Payton on Michael Jordan, and he did. And then next thing I know, we're talking about game six. So the series is uh, 3-2, you know, and we're talking about how Jordan's putting him away in game six. It, we, we can't act like Sean Kemp wasn't nice, you know. Like, I've seen videos of Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp posterized people. He took their soul. He really did. It was ridiculous. I mean, and and there's a lot of night. There's, I mean, there's always basketball players that are like that. That'll just be filthy and raw. And unless you saw them, you can't really explain why they're why they're so nice or why they're so beloved. Like Baron Davis, Gilbert Arenas. Those are two that come off the top of my head where I'm just like, these guys were nice on the basketball court. Like Gilbert, that's other stuff. Like the guns, everybody's got their issues, right? I guess, but they were just nice. They weren't necessarily like championship caliber players or like Hall of Fame. I mean, they might they want a Baron might stink in the Hall of Fame, but like him being on the We Believe squad, both of them being Warriors, honestly, like, you know, that that the personal connection there for me. But also didn't like how much there's so much there's actually a lot of clips of Jordan dominating against the Warriors in the documentary. That's something I've noticed every time that it pops up on the screen. Every time I see uh, them versus the Warriors pop up on the screen, I'm just like, ooh, he just made him look really bad. Like, damn, we've been sorry for a long time. Not recently, but damn, we were sorry a long time ago. Like, that sucks. So, but I mean, it's it's crazy how he's dominant and, and how, how he has dominated. But it, definitely uh, a, good, a good team. I would have loved to have been his teammate. I'm not saying I would have been I'm not saying I would have been a starter or I would have been coming off the bench playing a prominent role but like I could have been I could have been getting yelled at like um Burrell, you know, just got you ho, you know, calling like you know, calling him out like that at practice and just picking on him like I feel like A for how much I'm getting paid and B knowing that Michael even told uh what was it Wellington, "Hey, hop on the coattails, you know, and I got you. Just hop on. I got us. Like, okay, Mike, like, I'm going to put up with that because I know I'm going to be an NBA champion at the end of this year. Like, let's go, you know. Like, uh, if it's Michael Jordan on the Wizards, it's a different story. That's, I mean, you're still the great, but uh, you're Michael Jordan on the Wizards. But Michael Jordan on the Bulls, hello, doormat. <laughs> I really like the way uh, he said it. He goes, you know, when, when he came back and, you know, he knew they were going to try and compete for championships and, you know, and he, he just saw the aroma in the gym, you know, that Steve Kerr and these guys, you know, hadn't been on that championship run before. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, you, you haven't put in the work that we're doing. He, yeah. You know, this, this doesn't just come easy. Well, he I, said it. I loved that. <laughs> he was, said it. He said it at the end of the, uh, what was that? Episode seven, two, where he started crying. He goes, you know, most people, is it does it suck that you want so much to sacrifice your reputation as a good person? And it's like, you know, he said most people don't understand it because they haven't won anything. You know, like I, I, and they they won't be able to. I won't be able to relate to them because they they never wanted to win something so badly. And like I think he resonates with the people that want to win. Now the lengths at which he goes to win at absolutely everything, totally psychotic. You know, like this, I, I love it though. This, I, mean, oh, I mean, it's entertaining, but you also have to take a look at the person and just be like, man, that's a sorry ass existence that you live in. You're a prisoner of yourself. Like there is no you escaping that. Monopoly with Michael Jordan. Play Monopoly. <laughs> he, he, this this fool's betting on which suitcase is going to come out of the airport <laughs> fastest, and he's already paid the bad guys on the way out to get make sure his bag gets out there first, so he can take you for even more money than he tipped them to do it. 
It just he did the same thing with the stuff up in the arena. They would do you know like when you go to a Giants game and they had the cable car races, mm-hmm. all that stuff. The stuff that they'd pop up on the arena. He would be talking to the videographic guys before the game, just being like, "What's gonna play first? You know. And then he'd and then he'd get a teammate to do it on the. Could you imagine having Michael Jordan? Like, let's say just I'm gonna throw out some numbers, right? Like, so for example, Michael Jordan's making thirty three million dollars one year. And you're on the you're on the team, and you're lucky if you're getting like 1.2 that year. Now you got Michael Jordan one home game, and he has already tipped off, or he's already got the tip from one of the score guys about what graphics gonna play, and he's over here with his 33 million dollars a year ass trying to pull you for a five grand bet on which video graphics gonna pop up first. Get the hell out of here. And he's already gone and tipped the other guy. You know, he's already tipped the video guy at a grand. So he's, you know, so he, because it's nothing to him. He's just trying to take your money because it's something else he could win at. That's psychotic. That was the thing. You know? Uh, He wants to say he has your money in his pocket. Oh, it's so ridiculous. And I know people who would, I uh, I thought what was funny was they talking about the plane rides, about the card games that would be happening in the back. And they'd be doing, oh, yeah, there'd be thousands for each hand back there with the high rollers. And then, there'd be the guys up front who'd be betting a dollar a hand. And Mike still went up there and started playing against the guys for a dollar a hand because he had to beat them. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, that's, that's it's so admirable, but at the same time, so sad. So sad. Just the, the, the duality of that situation. The, the poor guy. Poor Michael Jordan. Poor Michael Jordan. All right. So, but you're enjoying it otherwise, yeah? Oh, big fan. Last two episodes coming up. It'll be weird because I've been looking forward to it every Sunday to about now where it's just going to be done. And I'm just like, what? Now what? Blech. Like sports are almost coming back. I need, but... I need the Jordan golf documentary yeah. with uh, Slim Bowler. Oh, with just Jerry talking about all, oh, come so, on. That would be an interesting documentary just talking about all the debt or all the bets that Jordan has made on the golf course. That'd be impossible to track. Impossible to track. And speak of the devil, as we're talking about it, they're advertising the last two episodes that are going to air, and I'm not ready. It's it's Wednesday as we're recording this. Sunday's going to be here before you know it, and then the last dance is over, and the music stops playing, and then the last dance when is over. When I saw it was ten parts, yeah. I was like, oh, nice, like you know. And now I'm like, this needs to be twelve. Honestly, <laughs> no. I think really what it was is they could they didn't ESPN didn't have to do this. But they did, and I appreciate it because you get lost for two hours. They really should have only because they weren't sure how long this whole this whole thing was going to go on. They should have only aired one episode a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, you would have been able to hold the attention of the nation for two and a half months. You would have been able, not even just the nation, the world. One hundred percent. He is a ratings get. You've seen that we are deprived of sports right now. ESPN is actively airing. They're finally airing a game in which the Warriors win a finals. Um, or, you know, or, or an NBA finals where it's not LeBron hoisting the trophy, I should say, also. But it's there There wouldn't have been enough sports, even if they all came back. There there still would have been plenty of time to carve out the time for a Michael Jordan documentary to the point where we would all have been like salivating because... I mean, just take a look. I mean, just look at how long it's taken everything to get back to normal and there, I mean, the new normal, if you if you will. So I think that was a mistake on ESPN's part. But at the same time, very grateful that they decided to break it off into two-hour chunks. Big fan. Yeah. And then we'll see what this spawns after, how many different documentaries, because now apparently LeBron's got one in the works. Kobe's got one in the works. <laughs> or Kobe, Kobe's team has a Kobe's got one in yeah, the works. The, the one on Kobe season, from his last season would be interesting because – it it would be less of the monster that was Kobe and more of the mentor Kobe, where he kind of transitioned to that because he went from ruthless. They've never lost the ruthless killer, but 
it definitely softened. You know, once he mm-hmm. once he kind of realized where he was and what he Kobe had around was kind of the same way though. Like his teammates say, he was a jerk in practice, but he oh, was yeah. the first guy to take you out to dinner. Yeah, so because he wanted to win, yeah. and I think that's admirable. All right, so enough of the Jordan documentary. Let's get to the good stuff because I, as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, hate, hate. Well, maybe not so much anymore. There's a general disdain, a strong disdain for the New England Patriots. I would say that on the teams that I hate in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, there's a there's a mutual respect there with the Ravens. I hate the Ravens first. The Patriots were number two. I think it was mostly because of Tom Brady. I'm not really sure who I hate second. I was hating on the Niners last year, but that was nah, a deep, not, sta- not a Niners deep state troll activity. I don't know. I just I, I have my questions about Jimmy G, but the rest of the team was, was nice. So... Um, I, I mean, I still, I still have questions with Jimmy G just because he's had it so cush on offense with that system that Shanahan runs. I just want to see him with, with more. That's pressure. my thing is I but, think, but I, mean, I have Niner friend, I have Niner friend or fan friends that are Niner fans. I get very upset when I start talking about Jimmy G and they think he's been tested enough. And I just, I still say sample size. So, you know, and it was nice. Everything went nice last year. They proved me wrong. They had a fantastic season, but we'll see what's up with Jimmy G. Anyway, going back to his former team, the Patriots. I think, with all due respect, sir, this team is washed. And, I'm, you know, we're going to see if Belichick can get it done. You know what's going to be interesting? I think this is, this is going to be one of those times where the band breaks up and everybody goes to do their solo projects and none of the solo projects, and they all flop. And oh, you so, think Belichick's going somewhere else? Or you th- no, no, no. no, no. This, I just think I think project. this is Belichick's okay. solo project, and I, you know, people want to be high high on Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, right? Hot take here, hot takes. So Tom Brady is not going to have the chemistry. Well, now that they've opened up stuff, he could start. He could start with guys. But I'm saying, as far as new teams, all these when they come out and they say, "Oh, they're going to win 12 games. They're going to win 13 games." Why? Because they got Tom Brady. Like I get it, but. He still needs to develop. What's the one thing that Tom Brady loves about his wide receivers is he wants you to be able to run that route backwards with your eyes closed, feet tied up, you know, basically be able to crawl and get there, and and he'll have the ball right there, right? I've heard stories where Tom Brady has run routes for wide receivers before and told them when to expect the ball, when to break, when to expect the ball, what to do with the ball after. He's that meticulous with it, right? So if he's not able to do that because all this stuff's going on and then we're just going to push, and now we're only going to give him six weeks to actually get in there, you might have been studying the playbook. That's cool, but you still need to develop rapport with your wide receivers. I just I think it would be one of those standard things that we saw with the Patriots where he stumbles out the gate a little bit early, and then they find it kind of finds his groove as they go along. But I, I still think that's a tough division with the Saints. The Panthers, so-so. The Falcons, you know, you have a hot take about the Falcons. Go ahead and spew it. I agree. Falcons make the playoffs in the toughest division in football. I don't know if it's the toughest division in football, but I don't. Because the Panthers, what are the Panthers doing, man? Panthers hit the blow-up button. Okay, take away the Panthers. You got, in my opinion, three teams that are probably making the playoffs. Three teams that are making the playoffs? I I've I've got I've got the I've, so got, I've got Brady winning twelve games. Okay, so you're saying that the Saints and Falcons make it in as the wild card. So we are saying only only one of the Niners, Seahawks, Rams, or you can even kind of throw the Cardinals in there. Uh, let's say Seahawks and Niners. Really, only one of them makes it in. Only one of the Packers, Vikings, and Bears make it in. And then you've got only one of the Giants, Eagles. Or Cowboys making it in, so because that would be yeah. the division there. So all those teams yeah. that I left are all those teams that I named off. None of them are making the playoffs. I mean, each obviously only one from each division, but you have two NFC South wild cards. Yeah. 
Well, 17 makes the playoffs, don't they? Ooh, they did. They added an extra yeah, team this year. Easy. Ooh, I take that back. Okay. So, yeah, maybe it could happen. The number one overall seed. Who would be your number one overall seed in the NFC? Probably the Niners? No. By de facto? No. No. I, Niners are... Okay. Niners are... There's, what, there's 16 games now? Niners are 9 and 7. 17 games now. 9 so and They're 10 and 7. Is seven, no. There's 17 games. So, so they added 18 weeks? Yes. They added oh. they added an 18th week. So there's so, 17 so yeah, games and there's seven... I believe there's seven playoff teams I'll now. I'll give Niners 9 and 8 then. And there's only one... There's only one first round bye. But... Okay, so we got a little distracted there. And then making it, bringing it back to the Patriots. Let me bring it back to the Patriots before we get to the rest of your NFL predictions. Belichick, yeah, while he is a genius, dude, you had the most meticulous and, as much as I hate to admit it, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time managing your offense. And now you're going to turn to Stidham, which I will give you I've the, the defense or the prosecutional rest, and the defense will have their, their chance here in a second. But you're turning over the keys to this, to the, I don't even know what you describe what New England has, to someone who just got their driver's license, basically, man. I mean, that for lack of a better term. Like, go ahead and list off all the bona fides for Stidham. That's your boy now. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Three-game starter as a true freshman at Baylor. Mm. Takes a year, takes about half a year off, doesn't play next year at so community playing, college. Playing in a big 12, so he goes from he goes from a big 12 school with no defenses in there to a community college, but continue. Doesn't play for community college, announces he's going to go to Auburn. I remember, I remember his time at Auburn. Starter, 2017-2018. Mm-hmm. At Auburn, beats Georgia and Alabama, then go on to lose in the Peach Bowl to UCF. UCF. Oh, Awkward. Not a lot of greatest. things happen. A lot of things happen. Go ahead. Not your greatest. SEC Player of the Year. Mm. Wow. Accolade. Accolade. Accolades win. Accolades uh, win. I mean, I'm not saying. Okay. I'm, saying I'm not. Say, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. With that defense we have, which mm-hmm. got better, our first three actual picks this year. Yeah. All defensive players. That I we think. Didn't I, I think. I, t- I think. I texted you that right away when when I saw Belichick trade down and then he drafted the, like the D three player. I was just <laughs> like, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Just just wrap it up. That kid's a Hall of Famer. Just give him his jacket now. I, but no, I got I got the jersey on the way. I'm I'm big on Stidham. Mm. Big on Stidham. What would be the What would be the the slogan there for Patriots fans? Like stiff off Stidham or something like that. Would that be a good one? I think that's a good one. I think we should just roll with that. Hashtag stiff off Stidham. Anytime he throws a touchdown pass, that's what you got to do. So. Interesting. The defense, yeah, like Belichick's always going to have the, the – I'll tip him to the defense all the time. And Tom Brady – and McDaniels is cool. He's a great coach. We'll see Didn't what, they – we're going back here, but – Yeah. Didn't we win the division with Matt Castle right. playing eight games? You win 11-5 and five that 11 year. 11-5. and 11-5 and five that year. And, won the division. And Ooh. then what did you do in the playoffs? I think you lost in the playoffs. Lost in the playoffs. So – that's okay. So I'm saying it's to the, the Ravens. Your toughest, toughest competition in the East is going to be the Bills, right? Can we could so this is where we can kind of transition in the NFL prediction. You're not big on Tua. Well, this is the thing, right? Is that Tua again with the new quarterback thing? I'm going to tip the cap in the East to Josh Allen. Granted, he's more of just a big ass running back, and and Sam Darnold because when Sam Darnold's not running around New York making out with everybody, he's a pretty good quarterback, you know. So he's I, he's got to watch the mono man, and he's got it for life now. There, that doesn't go away. So no, once you have it, you got it, you know. Mono, yeah, it lives in you. Really? Yeah, and then it can be reaggravated and re and reactivated. 
I'm pretty sure. Hashtag not a doctor, but from what I've heard with mono, is that that's pretty pretty damn near on the line. You can fact check me. There's probably somebody yelling at their phone right now. Liar, liar, liar. <laughs> nah, you Google it. Pause it right now, dude, and Google it. Yeah, you gonna look it up? I have to. <laughs> it's gonna bug me. All right. Anyway, what I'm gonna tell what I'm gonna tell you about uh the the AFC East is okay. The Patriots. I had the question marks. The Dolphins. The Dolphins drafted a quarterback that is the Polynesian version of the operation game, man. Like, what do you got to do with Tua? Like, the busted hip, he's had the ankle surgery, he sprained his ankle, gets beat up. They're going to be playing tough in the NFL. What is it saying about mono? Most people have infectious mononucleosis. Don't hurt yourself. We'll have it only once. Rarely, however, mononucleosis symptoms may recur months or even years later. Most cases of mono are caused by infection with the Epstein-Barr virus. Periodically, however, the virus may reactivate. See, it's a virus, so, so it lives in you. You develop antibodies, and you and you like, and it, it you're just it's dormant in your body. So it could be it could be flared up. It could be reaggravated. And if Sam Darnold goes around playing kissy kissy boo boo with all of New York, it could happen again. But you know, I think in the meantime, the Jets have made enough improvements. They've addressed the defense. The Le'Veon Bell thing that's got to work out for him. Honestly, at this point, I'm just cheering for him because it was pathetic last year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was cool. I took the victory lap, but Le'Veon, like, I hope you get the touches. I hope you get some production out there, big dog, because you held out for what, you know? Like, didn't get the money you were thinking you were going to get. But anyway, the the Bills with Josh Allen. Granted, he did a great job running last year. I'd love to see that arm. He's got a huge arm. Let's see if he can utilize it this year. They addressed some needs. They find, Who's the wide receiver that they got? Was that Stephon? They got Stephon Diggs, so now they don't have to rely on uh, – what is it, Cole Beasley to be their number one ride receiver? That's why Josh Allen was running so much. You threw him out there with a bag of uh, uh, peanuts and a hot dog out there with, uh, with what was it, John Brown? And you gave him two slot core, uh, slot wide receivers to play with as they're, as the number one, or, or on the two outside guys. And now that he's got a true number one, he, let's see if he does something. But I think the Bills will be interesting. Again, the Dolphins, the Dolphins had the right track. They got fire hot. They, they caught fire Last, at the end of last year, almost hurt myself there. But the Tua thing, just being being so fragile in college, man. He played in the SEC. They put miles on you out there. It's, it's Depending on what position you play. If you're a running back coming out the SEC, you got some miles on the engine. If you're a quarterback like this that played the way he did, you got some miles on the engine. I just, you know, I have some questions there. That's all. Coming out the ASC, ASCs. What's, what's another division you're looking at? You just throw one out there. There's eight of them. Let's go. We've covered two. There's I, th- six I left. think the Cardinals are on the rise, like you were saying. Actually, wow, that's okay. So that's what's interesting here is now it's another year of being in the Kingsbury system. What do you like about the Cardinals? Hot take. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray has a breakout year, wins MVP. Wow, interesting. You think they addressed the offensive line? Our last two MVPs: Lamar Jackson, second year quarterback. Mm-hmm. Before that, Pat Mahomes, Patrimon. second year. Quarterback. Okay, so there's a trend here. Did they address the offensive line? They they drafted a tackle, but now I heard that he doesn't want to play the side that they were saying that they drafted him to play. They wanted him to play left tackle, but he's more he's more comfortable playing right tackle or something like that. And when you have a right handed quarterback, you obviously need to protect his blind side. So it will be fun with the Kingsbury scheme. Although Kingsbury something to watch because yeah, they cut. That's another team that caught fire towards the end of last season. He's failed upwards everywhere he's been. His Texas Tech team was not that good. You and got you got D Hop now though. I mean, 
you got arguably they the best stole, receiver. They stole D Hop. They have Larry Fitzgerald, who's that Christian Kirk. I like that kid out of out of uh, Texas A and M. He was what what was nice for Texas A and M was they lost Mike Evans and they came up on Christian Kirk. They're just like, whoo, we have we, you look just like some somebody that I used to know. <laughs> you know that's what that's what Texas A and M saw with with Christian Kirk, and um, or I think it's Christian, but yeah, Kirk. And the running back situation, meh. I could see it. The Rams are the biggest question mark out there. The Seahawks are perennial, always hanging around. They always manage to figure it out. Whether they're going nine and seven or they're going twelve and uh, or thirteen and three, it, it's a team that's always vying for the division. I think the biggest potential here is the Niners with the drop off. the 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 league is usually a year behind in picking picking up on what you're doing scheme wise. So I hope Shanahan's been coming up with new new plays and and things like that. One of the things that worked out well for the Niners last year is I heard they only had. Like if you're looking at it like through a Madden packet or a Madden playbook, they only had like a handful of packages. The thing was is that Shanahan was constantly sending guys in motion and getting guys to to move around and just open up and he schemed guys open and and the way that he was able to to get blocks to open up holes and and utilize the run game was that's what was impressive was that this guy is a football genius. So it'll be interesting or at least on the offensive side, see what he does um, with the Niners. I can't believe they let a. What was that, Matt Breida? Matt Breida? Yeah. That was the only Niner I really, truly 100% liked was Matt Breida because he was there when, they were, in their best when they were bad. Yeah, the thing was is that he was hurt. He was hurt a lot, so he, he would get he would get hurt. Uh, what's another division that you have that you have uh, thinking about? You don't have a division that you're thinking about? Like, no, I think the Patriots are winning the AFC East and – and then that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all we're okay. worried about. Okay. Who wins? I'm gonna. We're gonna do word association. Even though we have the toughest schedule in football oh this year, God. ranked hardest. Okay. ESPN does these things. For word association. I want you to yell out a team that you think is gonna win the division. That I say AFC South. AFC South. That's it's the Colts, Jags, Texans, Titans. Texans. You think that's a what? Texans. Huh? Deshaun. Okay, what about his, you know Bill never, O'Brien's the coach never, and the GM? He's never had a losing season. I don't care if he's had a not losing season. Not even in high school. I don't care if he's had a losing season or not. He's, a, he's still got to play against the Titans. The Titans are nice. The Titans are not nice. The they Titans took Henry. down the Ravens, bro. They have Derrick Henry. I mean, That's it. Tannehill serviceable. Talk about it. Would you say Alabama running backs? Miles on Tannehill serviceable. <laughs> Derrick Henry's a man child, though. Would you? I would not get in the way of Derrick Henry. That'd be interesting to see what happens to Derrick Henry this year. <laughs> Derrick Henry's running on a small child. Are you, are you stepping in front of him? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I am not. I am not stepping in front of Derrick Henry for that small child. Sorry, sorry, child. All right. Uh, yeah, NFC South already did. NFC East. NFC East. So we got the Giants, Cowboys, the Washington Cowboys, racial Giants. slurs, the Giants, and the Eagles. Ooh. If Cowboys sign Dak, I think they win that division. Why is it dependent on signing Dak? You got CeeDee Lamb. He's, did you see that? Did you see that highlight tape? It is Randy, <laughs> did Moss. You see it is the, Randy Moss in a Sooner jersey. Did you that see that? Did Randy you Moss see his workout videos, bro? <laughs> no, I, won't, I don't doubt that he's not a good wide receiver. It's just, is Dak a good enough quarterback to get him the ball? Well, you also what? You got Mari Cooper. You got Zeke running the ball. I mean... It's gonna have, it's gonna have it's still, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Totally. <laughs> All right. AFC West. AFC West. We got Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Broncos. I think the Broncos are a Raiders. sleeper team. Broncos. 
Broncos are a wild card team. If the oh, Chiefs, yeah, well, the Chiefs, this, Chiefs were going to win that division. <laughs> Chiefs win the division. I think the Broncos are the team to watch with it. They they got some night. They addressed the wide receivers. They got some toys for Drew Locke to play with. He was he's four and one as a starter. In five games as a starter, he's four and one. So I'd be high up on him. That defense was always the calling card in Denver. It's not. They last time I checked, they still got Von Miller. He's still a, a decent pass rusher. That's all you need is one to to p- apply some pressure and it frees up everybody else. You get some pressure on the quarterback, all of a sudden that secondary looks like they know how to do their job, you know? So we'll see. Plus, the no knock on the Raiders, but it's just, I don't, you're one, your quarterback. You, I don't trust your quarterback. Either one of them that you got there, Derek Carr or Mariota. No, I think this is hopefully just a set-in year for Gruden, and then I'd like to see Gruden get him. You know what's going to happen. You, you, know what's A-Rod? you think it's no, A-Rod? No, you know what's going to happen is, I well, the him, the Aaron Rodgers factor aside, let's say Aaron Rodgers figures it out in Green Bay. Him and LaFleur, and they, they have the kumbaya. He makes do with what he has, and the Packers are like, hey, look, we're sorry. We're promised we're going to take whatever wide receiver, the best wide receiver that's available this year, or maybe they trade for one. Who knows? They do something to mend, mend the bridge there with Aaron Rodgers. The Raiders situation, I could see Derek Carr sucking just enough to where he gets benched for Mariota. Mariota is serviceable enough to where the Raiders convince themselves, hey, maybe we get a Tannehill situation out of this where he has a resurgence in his career because he's in a new location. They decide to go with him. They cut Carr. I don't know what happens to Derek. I don't know what happens to Derek Carr. They sign or draft a backup for Mariota, and then Mariota ends up fizzling out again because he's not a franchise quarterback. But I think Mariota could pull an okie doke on the Raiders to where they still stay in that in that area of just like what's happening because you well, don't have a quarterback. What's left on Carr's deal? He's got a he didn't, he didn't get a huge contract. He was like twenty three and a half million at the time, which everybody was up in arms about. But you know, Mateo said this to me before. When it comes to contracts, it's only bad for that first year or two. And then everybody usually catches up in salary. The salary cap rises and things adjust, you know, as the as the deal progresses. Agents say that all the time to players. Whatever you sign now is not going to be reflective of your worth whenever that deal is up. You know, you'll either be worth more or worth less. Hopefully you're worth more. Yeah, he's not. 2016, he got five years, 125 mil. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Good luck. All right, what's another, what's another division that we're missing? The AFC North. Who do you think is going to take it? AFC North. Is that the Colts? No. no they were AFC. in the South. AFC North is the Bengals, Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Steelers Ravens. Steelers, Ra- Ravens. Yeah. Ravens. Ravens are definitely the biggest threat. The Browns, I'm going to let them toy with the, touch themselves and think that they got something going on this year. I really don't. You just There's too much flux with that franchise. You're on the right track, but there's just not this year. The Bengals, what's going to be fun to watch with the Bengals, and I say this kind of mean-spirited, is if Joe Burrow is going to be able to survive. Is a rookie quarterback on a, on a very cheap team with not a whole lot of weapons to play with, and that offensive line was bad. So then they're just going to expect Joe Burrow to come in there and just be like, oh, I'm Big Dick Joe, here we go. It's like, that's not how it works in the NFL, big dog. That is not how it works because guess what? There's a bunch of old big dicks from wherever they're from that are coming after you. Huh? Yeah. And then they put it in your face, and it's not fun. So, Steelers, we'll see what happens. I think this, I think this is last year for Ben, but I think now that there's what? an extra playoff team that they that they'll make it in. Yeah, this is definitely last year for Ben. You think so? Yeah. Trying to make one last run. Uh, one one good run. Maybe they do what Bettis did and they ride off into the sunset and they win a Super Bowl and he's able to go. And I mean, it would suck because they would leave us without a quarterback. To, he would leave us without a quarterback to even like mentor for a year or something like that. 
Not that I really want Big Ben mentoring the quarterback, but you know, whatever he could impart off of him. Uh we'll we'll see what goes. So and then I think the only division we have left is the NFC North. Who do you think wins that? That's the Vikings, Bears, Packers, Lions. Oh God. I like the Vikings. I do. The They're Packers just, I got do the... not trust Kirk Cousins. No, not at all. Whether not. it's prime time or not. Prime time or not, I do not trust Kirk Cousins. Not a Kirk Cousins guy. I don't know what happened there with Stefan Diggs. Maybe Adam Thielen's gonna get exposed as not being a number one guy. I feel for Stefan Diggs. Can you imagine Minnesota during football season? Mm-hmm. Freezing. Bo- no, you go to Buffalo. <laughs> now you go to Buffalo where yeah. it's not a dome. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Oh, that's brutal. rough. Brutal. All right. Well, <laughs> so I think but I think the Vikings will get it done. Honestly, I think they have a good enough team and Kirk Cousins can be just good enough to where they get ten or eleven wins and they'll fool everybody into thinking yeah, they'll be yeah. like, Oh, the Vikings are a wagon this year and it's like, No, they're not because we'll just wait till the playoffs where Kirk Cousins collapses. But I think this is the last year of his deal. So he'll play well. He's another one of those quarterbacks that when the money's on the line, he'll do good enough just to fool you. And he's got a great agent. Whoever his agent is, whew, they made a killing. They made a killing off of off of um, Cousins. Oh, my God. All right. I think that covers up the NFL. I think we covered all eight eight uh, eight teams or eight divisions there. I think we, did we miss one? I don't think so. Got the NFC West, the AFC West, AFC South, NFC South, AFC East, AFC West. Yeah, we got them all. All right. Let's focus this to golf now. Let's switch our attention to golf. So how long have you been golfing for? Um, 24, so 22 years. Started when I was roughly about two years old. Okay, what's your handicap now? I'm a plus 1.9. Explain to people what a handicap is, for those who might not know. Basically, your handicap is your... It takes your basically 10 best, 10, 10 best rounds out of your last 20, and it formulates basically what you would shoot over or under par on the average but it's a little bit worked on towards, say, your good rounds. So normally you should only shoot your handicap. So it's graded on a curve. Yeah, you should only shoot your handicap about 3 out of 10 rounds. So 30% of the time you should shoot your handicap. So you're saying if you went and played a par 74 course that – 30% 30% of the time that you played that course, you should. So if you played my, it 10 times. My handicap, I should only shoot 72 about three out of 10 times. Oh, because I'm, really? I'm giving a shot back to the golf course, a shot and a half. A sh- shot and well, no, no. If you're, if you're a one point, so you said I'm you're a plus 1.9. Plus 1.9 would yeah. be. So then to me, that would think that you would finish uh, 30% of the time you'd be finishing 74, no, 75.9. With the score is seventy five point nine. Yeah, so normally if you're a one point nine, it'd be seventy five point nine. But it's plus, it's it's a weird system. So because it's minus, so when it says minus, that's how that you're talking just, about yeah, taking just, away there's shots. There's just no plus sign. Yeah, you know you're adding a shot, but plus one point nine means I'm beating the golf course for one point nine strokes, three out of ten times. So okay, and what about the other seven times? I'm like today, yeah, I'm not, I'm not beating the golf course. The oh, golf okay. course beat me. Yeah, see, what what do you on average on a bad day? What what is it when you're not shooting? Today I shot 75. So I mean, with the weather and whatnot, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I I was pretty happy with it. But. Okay, what's the furthest you've gone professionally in in golf? I played in the United States Junior Amateur, but I didn't make it to match play. All right, so no match play. Who were your biggest idols growing up? Like, who were the who were the golfers that you looked at and you're like, I want to be like them one day. Favorite golfer of all time, Rocco Mediate. Okay. Oh eight, little, little weird. Went against, oh eight went against Tiger. Okay. 
cried my eyes out. Stayed home from school Monday to watch the playoff. Cried my eyes out when Tiger won. It was the only time I've ever rooted against Tiger. <laughs> Just like everyone else, huge Tiger fan. Okay. Uh, next, Hunter Mahan. Okay. What about lefty? Wasn't a big Phil Mickelson guy till is it because you're not left-handed? No, just just wasn't wasn't a fan. He was like I said, you know, he was Tiger's biggest, you know, mm-hmm. competition growing up. So always kind of rooted against him. Um, was a big Anthony Kim guy until he had that insurance claim basically take him off the tour. Big scandal in that. Um, otherwise, yeah, those, I guess, round out my top four. If I could have you go anywhere right now in the world to play any course, what would it be? If I could drop you in the world at any course, where would it be? I would love to play in Dubai. Really? I've seen the cor- I've seen the courses. Like, uh, the, Not worried about the, the weather? World. What's wrong with the weather? It's really hot out there, dude. It's in, like in the desert in the Middle East. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure it's nicer sometimes. <laughs> yeah. here, but, um, like 30 minutes when it's not 1,000 degrees over there. Um, but yeah, the WGC does a tournament out there, and I mean, for all 100 top 25 guys to go, it's got to be just. There was a, um, I saw it on E60 one time. There's a golf course in South Africa where they have a par three. Yeah, it's like but it's 800 but it's, yards or something. Nah, like but it's like because the, you're shooting yeah. from a your tee box is 10,000 feet up. You have to take a helicopter to get it or something yeah. like that. Like, I think that would be wild to play. <laughs> I can only imagine how far I'd slice that ball. And that's a long way to go down, you know? So, wild. Okay. How many... Mm, when did you start thinking, like, when you were playing golf, so everybody plays golf and they and they suck at first, and then you kind of start to get better. At what point in your life did you realize, I'm kind of good at this? Like, if I keep applying myself, like, I can be relatively good at this. So, I used to play with my dad and his mm-hmm. friends, and obviously, you know, I wasn't as good as them, but that was kind of, like, my motivation was, like, to beat them. And so, like, once I started kind of moving up the pegs on, you know, his friends, you know, my ultimate goal was, you know, obviously to be my dad. And then as I noticed, I started getting older, and whatnot, you know, he could, they could kind of tell, and then I started moving tee boxes back. Yeah. And from then on, basically, it was on. I yeah. would play their tee box, and I'd, I, used to keep, I used to keep tallies of their score. I'd walk over to where they were playing just to watch them hit, and I used to keep tallies. And you know, I have—that's the thing, you know. Well, actually, growing up, they—they tell you know, even amateur golfers are like, don't don't count your score till the end of the hole, you know, because you don't want to like psych yourself out. I was not that kid. I knew exactly what you lied, what I lied. Like, I was—I knew what you were putting for by the time of the ninth hole if I was going to beat you or not. Mm, Interesting. So that just and that just came from years of just growing comfortable be from it. Yeah, I just I just was super competitive and I didn't there was, you know, growing up in, you know, West County there was there was no kids that played golf. Yeah. Um until I got to about twelve and then it makes West County sound like it's like South Central or something like that. Like <laughs> no. growing up in growing up in West County, nobody wanted to play golf. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> nobody knew what golf was. No, but uh once I learned once I was twelve I met um I met these three kids who were about 16, 17 at the high school team. Mm-hmm. And I noticed I was not quite as good as them, but they were good, you know, mm-hmm. for being kids, you know, because otherwise it was, I'd had to go to like Sacramento to play in junior tournaments where kids were as good as me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I really, I met these three, Matt Woosley, Aiden Pinch, and Will Atkinson. And I started practicing with the high school team. And then the high school coach kind of was started talking to my dad and was like, you know, we, we'd like him to basically practice with us you know mm-hmm. to get him ready for high school and so i did um how was the farthest did you guys win in high school in the in the playoffs i made state three out of my four years okay um, what's the farthest you went in state 
I got to the round of 32. Loser. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, Alex round, Chu, so, though. Alex so, Chu, the guy I lost twice to, yeah. made it to the PGA Tour. Oh, okay. So not too, not I too lost bad. to him twice, back-to-back years. That that's is, kind of, that's know, unfortunate. Yeah. yeah just, just like, unluck mm. of the draw. Okay. So so that was, yeah, you made it to the, the second round of the tournament. What was it, 64-player tournament? No, 164. Oh, okay. So how many rounds is that? Uh, so once, I don't know, just yeah. start breaking it down. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> I don't know, dude. That's a lot right there. That's, that's tough. Uh, yeah, like a lot of math. Six, that's not too bad. Six. Okay. So, because you, you get two, yeah, you get. I take back what I said. You're not just a loser. You're like the 32nd, 34th <laughs> loser or something like that. So, it's still something to hang your hat on because there's a lot more losers behind you. Yeah. It's tough and it's my goal like was that. My goal every year, though, I, just, I didn't want to win state. I wanted to place. But Why did you not want to win state? Alex Chu's in the field. <laughs> he's like, ah, like, uh, damn you, it's Alex Francis, Chu. Francis Wimet, it's out there. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, don't you think like Walter Hagen stepped on there? It was like Bobby Jones, like not, not beating him. Like, that's, that sucks on. because like, in California, you're not only just playing every. Well, they brought it. They probably in the state tournament. Would you play kids from Southern California? Alex Chu like was, grew up like yeah, like an hour, like an hour from San Diego State. Oh, okay, so that's the only reason I knew him was from junior tournaments. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. So you got. You got you're probably going up against kids in a state tournament who's just like yeah. uh, I don't high know high school what, wasn't the big the like, big tournament oh, we're, so we're, state state was the big tournament but we used to travel to like where would uh, the state tournaments be like what golf course Sacramento we had one at Sacramento at Winchester Country Club okay. and then we had one at Torrey Pines where Tiger broke uh, my okay, heart yeah <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying I'd, I'd imagine like I would so, could you imagine yeah n- this is where you can play your sob story man I'm just a kid what was the Forestville golf course. What's it called? Uh, Northwood. Northwood. I'm just a, I'm just a kid from West County that grew up playing Northwood, and here I am getting my ass handed to me by some homie whose home course is Harding Park. This this is not fair. <laughs> all right, this is we're on two different levels here playing golf. That's ridiculous. Uh, you know where I you know where I honed my golf skills that that I that I the the few golf skills I have is a Fairgrounds Golf Course. I played inside of a horse horse racing track. I love that place. <laughs> like There's some good terrible. holes out there. Greens are terrible. You can only bust a driver out for what seven and eight. Uh, nine's I, fun i played as i played as uh nine par threes i played as par 27 so eight yeah eight the long hole like i hit driver but i try and drive a green okay yeah so i just try to hit the hit the fairway because <laughs> i've watched plenty of ball just whoosh, sail off into the uh into the grass the grass track and that's you can't hit from the grass track so that's unfortunate yeah all right so you have some golf hot takes here you have some thi- not even just hot takes just general tidbits you have a crash course in golf so people are saying like people are saying and it's really bothering him it blows my mind how you look in years past of golf and jack nicholas Mm -hmm. ran through the pga tour i mean there wasn't i mean obviously you came across you know arnold palmer which was a little bit but even before jack's time and you know gary player obviously had a big um big face in that big calisthenics dude but there was no one for Jack. I mean, Jack was out there winning tournaments, winning, winning. Well, won. this is what I have a question with real quick. Timeout. With, so the development of, of like golfing technology, right? Like, I mean, whoever, whoever thought that like, you know, who, I don't know who was the ultimate person who decided that like, oh, a six wedge has to have a degree that's like, you know, this compared mm-hmm. to just the, the degrees that they have on the clubs is wild, but they've also developed new clubs over the course of time, correct? Like oh, technology. Yeah. So who's to say that yeah, your average? Yeah, Jack P- Nicklaus never knew what a hybrid was. That's what I'm saying. Like, who's to say that your that your average PGA Tour player today couldn't go back and actually compete? I'm not saying he'd whip up on, but compete with some of golf's past greats just based off of modern technology. Like I don't care how great or accurate you were 
if I'm able to to manually adjust a shot and get the ball to go where I want to go oh, yeah. better than you can, yeah. I think I'm going to, you know, is yeah. that not, is golf one of those few sports where like the legends of, of yesteryear kind of look at the guys said today and they're just like, no, I think they got me because it feels like every other sport, Ooh. the legends Ooh. go, I don't know if they could have hung around when I played. And it's just like, well, first off you were playing against a butcher and a plumber in their off season, you know, yeah. when, when they, when they were in the off season. So let's pump the brakes on that. But, um, I mean, they're using like bamboo sticks back in the day, bro. Now, yeah, they're, yeah, now they're using I mean, titanium golf. T- you know, yeah. come on. You got. You also got to think, though. I mean, golf courses today yeah. are much harder. Exactly. Oh my goodness, are they harder? So who's to say that they wouldn't smoke some? Yeah, some Jack, Jack Nicklaus never played no Island Green. I mean, like he played TPC Sawgrass or no? Yes. Yeah, he did. Okay, so did no? Did Jack? Yeah. Uh, I maybe maybe towards the end end of his career, but okay. like heydays, no. Jack wasn't playing. Jack so wasn't playing no where where or, you'd say that the technology there'd be a technology boost, you could also say de facto no. There's been course the 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 game has adjusted the course they accordingly. Are, though. I mean, I yeah. mean, you look in you look in the last I think two out of the last three U.S. Opens, the legends have came out to the USGA and said, "You're you're destroying this tournament. You're making this golf course too, too hard. hard. Yeah, it's, you know, you're like uh, in because um, that is the one major where people typically finish with a uh, plus score, right? Yeah, yeah. And years past, I mean, it's hard. But nobody wants to go. Out. Does anybody? I I guess I guess maybe is golf like that where you have like chicks dig the long ball. Like I mean, do people really want to go out there? Or like in the NBA now, where the average score is like 130 to 127, do people really want to go out there and watch somebody shoot 16 under? Or do they? Or do they want to oh, go out no, there and just no. be like, I, I, I watched I, think, the guy, I watched Rory play a real tough 18 and he only finished minus two under. Yeah, I you'd want to see that. Oh yes. I think that would be more I fascinating to watch. The, to as much as I love to see good golf, mm-hmm. the U.S. Open I look forward to is because that is the hardest test of golf. It humanizes them. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and that's where the common guy could sit at home and just be like, "Yeah, oh God, you know, maybe I would have been able to hit that on Mario Golf," but. which is crazy because that's a major championship. Yeah, and twenty-six out of the twenty-eight last major winners have all come from inside the top twenty-five in the world golf rankings. Yeah, there's a hundred and twenty-five. Professionally ranked golfers, professionally ranked golfers for world golf rankings, basically. Okay. So if you're a European tour and you're better than some of the guys on tour due to the algorithm they used, mm-hmm. you get put into that. Oh, could you imagine being number 126? <laughs> you're like, oh man, I'm unranked. That's no fair. But yeah, sorry. You got so the I mean, golf is clearly a top-heavy sport, is what you're saying. I mean, yes, but when Not it comes, it, it the top 25 is what I'm saying. It's it's crazy how much better those they are those twenty five than everybody the, else. The next hundred, and, and what's wild is that next hundred will still pop up and win random yes, tournaments. One hundred percent. But you're saying with majors, you have to de facto. That's why there's the always the betting favorites, and it's typically going to be these guys in the top twenty five. Yeah. yeah. All right. Any you have any more hot takes, tidbits? I see that there's a sheet of paper there, sir. Um, you go ahead. Just run it down. Just boom, boom, boom. The stage is yours. So they're talking about the return of golf come June. Yes. I don't think it's happening. Really? Uh, as much as I'd love to see it, I just... It's like the one sport that has social distancing built into it. But it takes so many to, to broadcast it live. It, it mm-hmm. takes so many people. And I with no agree. fans, with yeah. no fans, like Brooks Kepka, who arguably is the greatest bro. personality in sports. Bro. Oh, my... We'll get to Brooks Kepka in a second. Golf bro, for sure. Oh, my goodness. But with... Like, he came out and said he's all with... If we don't have spectators... He's. We're not gonna find golf balls. I mean, yeah. In all honesty, if you look like if you if they hit an errant shot, they just go to their caddy. Someone out there, they have spotters out mm-hmm. there. So that's my thing is you can still have some spotters, but I read today it takes 
1,500 to 2,500 people just to put on a golf tournament. Well, when you think about not only the officials, but like the people who are there to greet players when they show up, it's literally, you got to think about every single thing from hotel, from, from um, housing accommodations to food services to what they do on the range to who they're talking to in the clubhouses. The locker rooms, all that. There's so many people that are involved in an operation like this. So that's my thing is, say you even cut that in half. Do you know how many people, 750, if you were to, you know, do the Snoopy blimp yeah. on down on the golf course? That's still a lot of people. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, so when do you think when do you think golf would probably come back? 2021. Okay, so that's just fair. You're just saying for the rest think, of the year. I think, yeah, we're, we we probably push it back into August. You maybe do one or two. Like, like Colonial is supposed to be the first way back. I've played Colonial. It is the smallest grounds I've ever seen. The range is, their hitting bay is maybe as wide as your garage. Yeah. And so it's... So it's a very tight. There'll be people that are talk, are on top of each other. And yeah. I just, you know, like, they're saying now they're going to limit limit practice time before and after the, rain, uh, before and after the round. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no locker rooms, no food or beverage, you know, for basically the players go all so go on. So very stripped down. I just... No locker room is... I don't understand that. Tiger takes an hour and twenty minutes to stretch out before he even hits balls. Well, that's Tiger's out. problem. But I would say for just every, in general, though, yeah. I but mean, for everybody else, what's the point of putting on the tournament if you're just gonna have to do basically this you change, many your, modifications? change your shoes in the parking lot, stretch on the range, and you, you get that. That's got to be allotted in your hour and twenty minutes. They say before you're around. Yeah, that's which is just what the common man does. It's just these guys have become so you know accustomed to routines. Yeah, so. I just I don't see it happening. What else you got? We got. Oh, the Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and Brady. Oh, the match. The champions match. Not pay-per-view this time. Ooh. Thank you, TNT. All right. The Turner Network putting it on. A lot of people. I saw Phil and Brady came out as plus 200. I'm taking the favorite, Tiger and Tiger and Peyton. Much as I love you, Tom. I don't think Peyton's a Tiger a golfer. I don't think either of them are, but it's Tiger's home I course. Tiger, Tiger, I think, lives like six minutes outside the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he got I'm, his DUI leaving the place. But, <laughs> shout out to Tiger. <laughs> uh, but I think Peyton being – I think it's important with Peyton – with Tom being a better golfer than Peyton, if that's the case, because Tiger's better than Phil, but the combo of Phil's game with Tom's game will be better than Tiger having to make up for maybe let's say Peyton's terrible game, right? So that's something to pay attention to is because I, I believe the first nine, they're doing best ball. Best ball. So basically and Tiger Tiger's going to win that and by on the, his own ball. Okay, so Tiger's going to be the one setting up and then every other shot, Peyton could be messing that up. Well, best best ball means they both they both play their own ball oh, throughout okay. throughout the nine holes, and they just take the one best score. So they're gonna take Tiger score probably on every hole. Oh, okay. So that's, I th- that, me, my, I was thinking they would do it the other way around, where it's best ball. So it's just you do that, but then whoever turn it is to hit yeah. next would be. I just so that would actually I, home, now that I'm thinking about home, it, that would extend the game like six hours. I'm gonna call it home course advantage. Yeah, is. Probably, I think the biggest thing in sports. Hmm. Um, I don't, I don't see where, where home field, home court, whatever, home course. I don't see where it would take more. I feel like you have a bigger advantage in golf than I anywhere say. Else. Hot take: Tiger's else. too comfortable. He says this is my home course. At the I know, I know this like the back of my hand, and he goes in and screws the pooch, being too overconfident. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Hot take. That's what I have. Hot takes. All right. What else you got? Uh, we're gonna end the golf with 
a little Tiger stat I got. Okay. Tiger Woods made 142 straight cuts from 1998 to 2005. That's 142 consecutive tournaments without missing the cut. No one since has come within 30 of that. So there's been people that have made 112, but that's nobody's. A, that's basically 142 straight weeks he went to a golf. He went to a golf tournament. And he played in and a golf tournament and made and he made money and made it to the weekend. Made it to the weekend. Yes, that is absurd. Yeah, and he's a wealthy man, very successful that is golfer absurd. too. Absurd. Yeah, you're guaranteeing your check 142, 142 weeks. And there's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. It's and he doesn't. Little, well, he doesn't have to. It's basically going almost three years straight say, without winning. Without 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 missing that's a cut. That three years straight. And if you're a Tiger, I'm sure there'd be some tournaments that you're taking off where you're probably at this point where it's like, well, I've won the majors four times or. But that's consistently being inside. You know, one third of the one third of the pack. And yeah. I mean, there's probably top twenty five. Top twenty five. Top one twenty five of the tournament. Yeah. I mean, I mean oh. no, but he's in that top. 25 of the top 125, or he was, top, at least top in Top that. 25, exactly. I mean, Tiger was honestly in the top one of the 125, you know, for that stretch. I think he still holds the longest. That's an, I should have grabbed that one. That is absurd how long he held the world number one ranking for. Hmm. I'll, I'll end it with this, right? I'll end I'll end our time here with this question. If it, Unless you had anything else that you wanted to sprinkle in there. Okay. What is one improvement that you would make to the game of golf if you could if they came to you and they said casey we the the game's been around for forever we've made modifications we've we've added rules we've taken rules away if there was one rule that or one adjustment that you could make what would it be because i think for me it would be and i know this sounds kind of simple but it'd be grounding your club. I would allow it. I would allow in a bunker. Yeah, well, just anywhere. I would allow grounding your club. I don't know why it's such a big deal. I think the bunker is the only place now where you can't ground. Well, them. I would. I would say, what's the issue there? Why is that such a big deal? You know, some people need to draw that line in the sand so that way they can mentally mentally prepare themselves for how to get out of a bunker because it ain't easy. You know, mm-hmm. like game, like you said, they're making the the game tough and tough and as it goes. So, what is a, what is one. One thing that you would adjust the game with? I'd ultimately like to see... If I could change one thing, I guess. I would like to change more of the attitude towards junior golf. I know a lot of people love love seeing kids like out on the driving range and whatnot, but when they see them on the golf course in front of them, you know, a lot of people tend to complain, you know, and where... Yeah. You, you go off around a golf, you know, and I mean, unless you're playing by yourself, you're committing yourself to probably a four hour, you know, well, that's, I was going to make the, you know, I was going to make the com- joke. You're, when, co- you're committing yourself, you know, for at least a good four, four hour walk out there. And, you know, so well, it's also shouts out to your dad and his friends, right. For putting up with you back yeah. when you actually sucked. And yeah. they would just be like, man, this is our chance to get out the house and just do what we like to Absolutely. do. And here's little Casey coming yeah. around and he's going to add on an extra two hours to this yeah. outing. You know, but I'm sure there are plenty of times where they're just like, hey, pick up your ball. Let's go. Like, no. you know. But I, I do. I think uh, I think junior golf is starting to get on the uprise, and I just I'd I'd really like to see kind of more, uh, I guess, just support towards it. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, really. Another thing I'd throw out there is just probably the expense of it too. Honestly, yeah, with it's golf, I know it's, I know it's expensive to upkeep the courses, and you're managing a lot of land, and that takes that takes money and resources and all that. But it's it's a game that is literally almost as expensive. As like lacrosse, 
Uh, some of the most expensive youth sports out there are baseball, lacrosse, hockey, and mm-hmm. you could even argue golf. Yeah. And golf sucks because you want to have the proper equipment, and that's where you need to have that equipment sized up. Like, I'd love to go golfing with people right now. The only problem is I know I'd be swinging clubs that are probably several inches. I don't know if it'd be anywhere from probably three to, to six inches too short for me mm-hmm. to where it's just going to mess up my swing, yeah. and then I won't have an enjoyable experience out there Like, because I know that I'd be – because I'm competitive and then I'd want it's one of those things where I get older the two things that I have on two things I have right now on my bucket list are to learn how to play guitar and to learn or, or the piano one of the two learn how to play guitar piano and get very good at golf yeah. because the golfing is going to be something that's not only necessary as a hobby as you get older but like there's business deals that are conducted on the golf course oh, and yeah. you can open up doors and whatnot and Absolutely. if you're good at golf you get invited along and all of a sudden you meet new people it opens up you never know what happens right so it's one of those things where I won't be able to go to the 24-hour fitness and play pickup games, you know, until I'm 80 years old. I can go out on a golf course when I'm 80 years old mm. and play with my what? What would it be, like a minus 15 handicap at that point if I, if I just worded yeah. that correctly? Yeah, so that's one of those things where it's like I look forward to that. I've joked with friends in the past where I embrace the idea of being 70 years old with a cigar in my mouth out on the golf course. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, sign me up for that. <laughs> All right, That's the one thing I do know about the rest of my life is I plan on being there at that point in my life, you know? So... Uh, but hopefully then money won't be an issue. But yeah, I, I need to get a new set of clubs, man. Cause I'll be, I joined out, I joined with you guys that one, one time went through the walkthrough with you. So I went, I would love to get out there and play around. I just need to make, I just need to get my act together. There's a, I want to get, I want to get a couple tats, but also, <laughs> but also want to get a new set of clubs and it's just, you know, decisions are going to have to be made here. Layaway is a thing, dude. Decisions are going <laughs> to, layaway is just <laughs> setting a trap for myself to, <laughs> Oh, yeah, these golf clubs, this set of golf clubs I've used four times in the past 18 months. Ta- Bills do. Yeah. Taylor, Taylor made and all them do that. I was, lo- I was looking on Taylor the other day for a new putter because I had a bad round. but um, <laughs> They would make a mint off me, bro. Goes, I need an entire the putter, set. The putter, is, it says 230 or or uh, 11.99 over 24 months. Over 24 <laughs> or months? something like that. It was, That's was crazy. Like, I was like, are you serious? I can pay $12 a month? Like, I almost pulled the trigger on it. And was, But then, but then think, how many... I think it's like a 15% market. How many though. clubs do you have in a bag, in your standard bag? 14. I, 14. I, I I have about 20 that are in my rotation. Well, now, okay. Depending so on you're, which course. You're an av- yeah, so. you're an avid golfer or whatever. So I'm just yeah. saying, if you, were, if you were saying it to just your average hobbyist golfer that's just getting started, right... You definitely want to have a driver. Oh, obviously, you could, yeah, you could get away with oh, eleven. A, a wood, eleven. So how many? Basics. How many woods would I need? Would I need the five? I would and say the three? you want a driver. You don't even necessarily need a three wood. I'd say uh, you could get like a, like a three hybrid. Okay. And yeah, so a driver, a three hybrid, and then you have what? The, your irons. Plug in your mic again. It's fading out. There you go. I hear it. And, uh, and then I'd say uh, probably go probably go like. Five through pitching wedge, and then get yourself a decent sand wedge. You wouldn't that, even have a three or four iron. No, 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 because just learning your yeah. your your uh, yardage gaps. Well, unless not, you're okay. making consistent solid yeah. contacts, I mean that five iron is going to go anywhere for you. I mean anywhere from one eighty to one fifty. Nah, that's a, I mean that's a good thirty yard gap. And well, then, that's what I'm saying. I know, I know, I have because shout out to my uncle. My uncle's the one who introduced me to the game. When, like when because. I was, I mean, I always played baseball really primarily growing up, and it was one of those things where I'd go over to the East Bay and I'd visit with them. Um, I forget what the course is on the little island over there in the East Bay. It's like between Concord and, and Vallejo or something like that. Right around there, there's Mare uh, Island. I think, is it Mare Island? No, I don't know if it's Mare Island. Anyway, played out there with him a couple times, and yeah, yeah, felt, I mean, it was fun. I had a blast, you know, not just because I was out there with my uncle, but, you know, because I actually enjoyed enjoyed the game, and I know 
and from the tips and the pointers he gave me, and just like my uncle's not gonna BS anybody. He's in the army, you know. He'll he'll tell you to you straight. It's not, and I'm and I'm at the point like I've always known athletically wise, like I could do it. It's just a matter of drive and drive and determination. Mm-hmm. Do I have the drive and determination to go buy a flipping set of clubs that actually fit me? Because I'm not saying I'm gonna be on the pros, but I'd be out there. I could definitely see myself competing with not maybe you and Tyler, but I could be in the four. I could be in a foursome with you guys. And I could finish third. Yeah. I would be yeah, right. Or I would be fourth, but I would be fourth and lose and be last place by like one or two strokes. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the golf game can get nice. I've 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 played enough to where if I had the proper equipment, I feel like I would be able to fix my slicing issue. That's the biggest problem right now. Absolutely. Is I get I get up on the tee box and I get a driver in my hand, I get nervous. <laughs> I just start looking, I'm just like Everything out there on the right side of my peripheral is, is open game for what could get hit with this slice right now. It's Brooks Kepka, man, 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 attitude. Swing hard. <laughs> Just grip and rip it, baby. We'll see where it goes. I don't see how that guy is. Oh, my God. If I was his sponsors. <laughs> I don't. The guy says, I don't even like playing golf. Wins, wins, <laughs> wins, three, out, wins three out of four majors. Says, I don't, I don't like even playing golf. like golf. I don't like golf. I'd be having a field day if I was his agent. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Nicola Bolcher's paying you that much money in golf. Dude, I don't even like golf. He still, he still wins. He still wins. He still wins. Whatever, man. He still wins championships. He's, he's got so that. It takes too long. I can hear D in the background. <laughs> Jesus. All right, we'll call it a wrap there. Casey, thank you much for thank you very much for stepping in. It was fun to speak with you not only about golf but get to get your uh, delusional Patriot takes out there and Jared whatnot. Stidham. Yeah, I'm calling it. So we'll see. Twelve uh, and five. I, I look forward to bringing you back on. All right, man. Thank Undefeated you. in the division. Thank you. Okay, stop it. Thank <laughs> you for stopping by. We're gonna turn your mic off before you say something stupid that you're gonna regret. Uh, to the haters and losers, we'll try and be back on Sunday. No promises. I know I've been pretty flaky about these episodes, but your boy's been tired. I've also been watching these Jordan docs, and I just get so excited. I don't even know how to put it into words after. So to the haters and losers, of which there are many. Until next time. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Niggas talking. I'ma walk, don't worry about it. Setting transits. Niggas late like Jimmy Fallon. Moving silence. I don't speak upon the violence. Up you with that. Pledge allegiance to the flagging. Bring your static. Talk your shit and drop your address. We got time today, so check your rollie and your paddock. Backstage, Shorty John Stockton, where's your passes? Looking at a star, not Ray Charles, where's your glasses? Cop car next to us got flipped off like gymnastics. Pick six, I'm to the house like UPS with that package. Office smelling that sweet smell of that short term satisfaction. My shit in the way blasting. Open doors and go Casper, nigga. I'll feature like Jasper. Hit that bit with a multi-milli after. Yeah. I remember what y'all broke niggas said backwards. Yeah. Burning bitches with some nicks in this backwood. Yeah, we don't let shit slide. We don't let shit slide. Oh, we don't. No, no, no. Yeah, we don't let shit slide. We don't let shit slide. Oh, yeah, we don't let shit slide. We don't let shit slide. Just like we don't let shit slide